Good morning. It is Friday, July 14th. It's five minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. And we're both on YouTube right now typing Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. So we start off this hour talking about beer. It is Friday after all. There's speculation that Costco is preparing to empty their shelves of Bud Light. Now, you now you are a Costco person. I am. And so you will have to take the lead on this. Okay. It is my understanding that this is based on if there is some sort of star. On the price tag. Yes. That, that usually means that an item is getting ready to be eliminated from the Costco shelves. Yeah. And the Bud Light now has the little star thingy on it. Yeah. They're calling it the star of death or the death star. And you've, you've seen the big price tags. You see them at Walmart. You see them at Meijer everywhere. But up in the right-hand corner, if there's that little asterisk, it typically means with Costco, hey, we're not going to be shelving this item in the future, so get it now before it's gone. So they do that to let you know if you're a fan of whatever. Stock up. Yeah, right. Okay. So let's operate from the standpoint that this is actually true. Mm-hmm. Okay. We don't know that for sure. It's an interesting little story to run with. Regardless of whether it is true or not, and let's operate for now that it is true, what a colossal collapse of an American institution. Yeah. It doesn't happen often. Usually mega stars or mega companies or whatever can sustain bad publicity. They can weather the storm. They'll come out, you know, and and with some damage done, but they're still functioning. But every so often, there's an event that is so egregious that whether it's a company or a person or whatever, they can simply not sustain it. And you almost can't believe it as you watch it unfold. And in this case, as weird as it sounds, and let's say it out loud because this is what happened, Bud Light's choosing to use a man who pretends to be a woman, who pretends to be a little girl Mm -hmm. as their spokesperson, Mm -hmm. may have brought about the end of Bud Light. It missed the mark completely with their target demographic and made a lot of people mad. So their sales are continuing to plunge. This isn't dying off and people are returning to the brand. For the first week of July of this month, their sales were down 28.5%. And that's even worse from the previous week, the end of June, where it was down 27%. So it's continuing to fall. Well, and it, you know this because you've been in media for a long time and you've done television and you've you've worked with, with products and done style shows, et cetera. So much of buying is momentum. And what I mean by that is, hey, everybody's doing it. So I'm doing it right. Mm -hmm. It's word of mouth type of thing. Now, usually that's in a positive sense, right? Like, oh, my gosh, there's this new product and blah, blah, blah. And you've got to have it. Mm -hmm. But it can and it doesn't often, but it can work in reverse where, hey, in this case, my buddies are coming over and we're going to pound a few brews and watch a ball game. And there is no way I'm letting them see me, even if I actually like, but let's face it, Coors Light, Bud Light, Miller Light, it's all the same. It's all terrible. (laughs) You know, there's no way I'm allowing them Mm -hmm. to see me with this in my refrigerator or in my, you know, in my person. You know, I told you when when I was working at the golf course, 
and I would be back there tending bar, you would on the regular, when people would come back there, you know, hey, what, what can I get for you? Okay, hey, what do you have in terms of light beer? You'd roll through it and you would get to, and you would name it because it's like, look, it's none of my business. You spend money, you want to spend money. You'd say Bud Light and you would get a, people would laugh. They would snicker. They would turn to their buddy and go, yeah, get him three of those. Right. It's become a joke yeah. now. And that's not what you want to do. And you don't want to be like guilty by association right. or near it. I'm not sure it's reversible at this point. Now, does that mean Bud Light's going to cease to exist? Maybe not. Maybe it will still exist in some fashion, and maybe years from now it'll re, re, you know, turn the corner. But I think the harm, because it is so, now so implanted in the customer base, right? Mm-hmm. There are often times where people will threaten to, I'm going to boycott, blah, blah, blah. Well, there's a good chance if you're threatening to boycott it, you weren't even a user of it. But in this case, the actual boycott is coming from the direct consumer of the product, the target of the of the consumer. Mm-hmm. This one's sticking. And I don't know what the stigma now associated with it when we talk about the momentum of the of the boycott or whatever you want to call it, how you undo that. Because remember when it first happened, we talked about Bud Light has a window here to correct this. Right. And they didn't do it. They didn't. They sh- If they would have just come out and said, we, we made an egregious mistake. Yeah. We, we, we allowed this woman who clearly we misjudged to make this terrible choice. We There was a total lack of oversight. We are terribly sorry. This is not re- a f- reflection of us. We will never allow it to happen again. Please come back to drinking our beer. People would have said, get it. Got it. And probably would be past this. But the fact that they refuse to apologize, they they doubled down on it. Mm-hmm. And they've said they're going to continue to support LGBTQ plus organizations. So they're not even shying away from it. Sales of Mick Ultra have fallen. That's down 4.3%. And Bush Light sales also went down 8.5% the same week that the Bud Light sales were down. And I thought, okay, well, maybe are, are people just shying away from beer at this point no that's not the case Modelo which used to be the number two beer brand in the country is jumped up 11 and a half percent so somebody is still selling beer it's just not Bud Light the um the level of egregiousness you can get away with is usually tied to your replaceability so what I mean by that is let's use pro sports as an example you will see egregious behavior from certain professional athletes and they're given a second chance or a third chance or a fourth chance why because they're good right they're they make the team better they're a star on the team versus if a rank and file guy does something like a great example is Ja Morant who is a player in the National Basketball Association he's a, a kind of a rising star he has now been suspended multiple times for firearm related issues if Ja Morant were a regular guy he would probably be out of the league if not by force of the commissioner but by a team boycott of we cannot have this guy around. He's a bad citizen, whatever. But because Ja Morant is an outstanding player. He brings something to the table. And he just got suspended 25 games again by the commissioner for a firearm-related issue. It is now the second time that it, that has happened. But the team that he plays for, Memphis, is going to bring him back because he's a great player. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Bud Light. If Bud Light were some irreplaceable product... 
then they might be able to get away with it. But the reality is you're just a crappy light beer product because all light beer is really crappy and people can easily move to, to Miller Lite mm-hmm. or Coors Light or whatever. And in this case, Modelo. So that Dylan Mulvaney, he posted a video that he is in Peru right now. He has left the country and he claims it is because he he, he fears for his life. Oh, sure. And I'm wondering if he just didn't have a vacation scheduled to spend all of his monies from his sponsorships and decided to claim that he's fearing for his life for more publicity. Well, I I have said from the beginning that this guy reminds me very much of a much less talented, much less funny, much less interesting Andy Kaufman. And what I mean by that is he's a giant troll. Hmm. And every time I see him speak, he always, and the reason I think this is every time I see him speak, he always has, if you watch him carefully, a smirk, like a, what appears to be a smirk on his face as he's doing this. And it would not shock me if at some point, either in a book or in a reality TV show or whatever, when his time is run up and he has to go to the next thing to make money, that he finally outs that this was all a big gag and you morons bought it hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Bud Light, they've been trying to use humor in their ads to win back people's hearts and minds, but it's not happening. The reaction everywhere, especially on social media, has been just scathing. All right, let's talk about uh, President Biden and how his brain malfunctioned in Finland. (laughs) Uh, He was attempting to read from his script and, as per usual... It didn't go his way. Fredrickson of Denmark and uh, the Ministry of COVID's daughter of Ireland, uh, daughter of Ireland, you can tell that's a 40th slip on thinking of home, uh, the daughter of Iceland. And uh, um, and uh, I, uh, I want to say I think we've had a very productive summit. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kev, can you play that again? Because there's a pattern to the Biden debacles when he's speaking in public, and this one fit it to a T. Okay. Kev, would you mind playing that again before I, we go over it? Fredrickson of Denmark and uh, the Ministry of COVID's daughter of Ireland, uh, daughter of Ireland, you can tell that's a 40th slip on thinking of home, uh, the daughter of Iceland. And, uh, um, and uh, I, uh, I want to say I think we've had a very productive summit. Okay, so it, it almost always goes exactly the same. And then we'll play it back so you can hear it one more time here in just a second. Okay. There is, it's like he gets ahead of himself. Mm-hmm. Stumbles it, over the word. Yeah, so he starts mumbling and stumbling then he will attempt to, to say well he attempts <laughs> to say something it is usually gibberish to cover for the mumbling and stumbling he then corrects himself and then he corrects himself in a manner usually with words that don't often go together that don't make any sense for the speech he is attempting to give so keep in mind so we have mumbling and stumbling <laughs> we have gibberish we have an attempt to correct himself and the attempt to correct himself doesn't make sense to the speech that he is trying to give. Let's see if that actually played out here. Okay. Are we ready? Yep. Fredrickson of Denmark and uh, the Ministry of COVID's daughter of Ireland, uh, daughter of Ireland, you can tell that's a 40th slip on thinking of home, uh, the daughter of Iceland. And uh, um, and uh, I, uh, I want to say I think we've had a very productive summit. So you had the, the mumbling, the stumbling, mm-hmm. the gibberish, in the attempt to clarify the gibber, uh, the mumbling and stumbling, you had the uh, nonsensical attempt at a correction. 
that didn't apply to anything that he was actually talking about there. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, perfect. Now, here's the I thing. I got it down. Here's the thing that struck me is he says, uh, daughter of Ireland, oh, you can tell I'm thinking of home. Well, we all know that he's very fond of his Irish heritage. Dude, you're American. <laughs> what are you talking about as you're standing in front of American flags? I'm thinking of home. You mean Delaware? You mean Washington, D.C.? Well, and when he's talking about daughter of Ireland. Which is supposed to be Iceland. But daughter of Ireland, that's what I'm saying. It's the same pattern every time with him on these ridiculous, this is the president. Yeah, it is. It's 17 after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He did it, Rob. He did it. Congratulations to Chris Christie. Oh, 20 minutes after 10, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the former New Jersey governor has reached the donor requirement to partake in the August 23rd Republican presidential debate in Milwaukee. So the standard for that is you had to give 40,000 people to give you money. Mm-hmm. And of course, we that one guy who's the uh, is the governor of uh, North Dakota. Doug Ber- Bergman? Ber- is, Berman? It appeared Bergman. Bergman, Ber- I think. Bergman. <laughs> Bergum, Bergum. Bergum, good it, job. Doug, doesn't matter because you ain't winning the presidency. That's what we'll call him. Uh, remember, he's doing this thing where he, if you give him a dollar, he'll uh-huh. give you a $20 gift card. Yeah. So he's giving you $19 to give him. A, so that he can get the requirement yeah. met. <laughs> so congratulations, Chris Christie. It was 40,000 stupid people who gave him money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said uh, Americans are ready for someone to stand up to Donald Trump, and that's exactly what he's doing. Can you imagine... What's the person who's giving money to Chris Christie look like? Like, what? who is that person? That person is not wearing a red hat. <laughs> uh, so they also have to have at least 1% support in one of the three national polls. Chris Christie achieved that. He got 3% in the morning consult poll, which was released earlier this week. Think about how stupid this is, Casey. And this is the everyone gets a trophy society we're in. Oh, my gosh, you've got to hit 3% in one poll. Look, if you've been running for president for three or four months and you are still at 3%, mm-hmm. you should not be on the debate stage. There are like three or four viable people that everyone wants to see. It is Trump. It is DeSantis. It is Mike Pence to watch him get his clock cleaned by Trump. <laughs> not that he's even viable. And let's just throw Tim Scott in there because he's super interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone else, nobody cares. Nobody cares. You have no chance to win. And yet we're going to let these people on stage to take up time that should be spent with the people who actually have a chance and people actually care about. Well, here's the interesting thing about this. Trump hasn't even announced if he's going to participate in that debate. So what does that do to poor Chris Christie? I mean, the only reason he wants to go is to get in Trump's face. Okay, if you were Trump, if you were Trump, now now, I, this this is not from my perspective. I'm not saying I would do this because, of course, I believe in you are as accountable to the voter as you possibly can be. You do all the debates. You show up. You It's a battle of ideas and policy positions. But if you were Trump and all you actually care about is winning and you b- look at that and go, I have nothing to gain by going up there 
because it's just going to be a firing squad against me. And if you don't believe you'll actually be punished by the voters for being a coward and not showing up. Mm -hmm. Why go? Why go? Yeah, exactly. He did truth out. He called Chris Christie sloppy Chris. (laughs) He said he's thrashing about and doing and saying anything to stay relevant. Uh, Trump said that Chris Christie desperately wanted to join his administration, but I said no. (laughs) And that he spent most of his time away from uh, New Jersey in order to campaign for president. And and then he compared him to Ron DeSantis. And he said that uh, Chris Christie is a total loser. Casey. Yeah. Kev. Cue up the Whitney because this is too good. <laughs> you want to no, give it I the mean, reading? You started re- like, like when I put it on the template, mm-hmm. I wasn't really fired up about doing it like this. But now that I've heard you just read parts of it, mm-hmm. you there's some the of it. Thing? There's some of it in here that is absolutely so good mm-hmm. that I feel like we absolutely have to do it. Kevin Whitney, please. And I- <laughs> Page two. Yes. Sloppy Chris Christie is thrashing about doing and saying anything to stay relevant. He desperately wanted to join the Trump administration, but I said no. In 2016, he spent most of his time away from New Jersey in order to campaign for president. Much like Ron DeSanctimonious is doing now to Florida. Chris ended up getting run out of New Hampshire where he had almost no voter popularity. (laughs) They knew him well. Chris Christie is a total loser. (laughs) Very good. Exclamation point. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I thought you should have given the the emphasis a little bit more. He desperately wanted to join the Trump administration, but I said, no. Well, look, Casey, if this were a made-for-TV movie and I had multiple takes, I would probably do that. But it's just basically a first table reading each time. So did you see the video of Donald Trump? What do you call it? Shanking the golf ball? Yes. Is is that what you do? If you hit it directly to the right, that is a shank of the golf ball. Yes, that's correct. Okay, so somebody was on the golf course that he was on in Los Angeles. I believe this is where it was. And they realized that they were golfing near Trump uh-huh. and so they got out the camera and they zoomed in and yeah. uh, they they caught him shanking the ball now and- now Trump let's just say this let's clarify though Trump is actually one of the better president mm-hmm. golfers he says he's got a handicap of 2.8 I don't buy that for a okay, second that's what I wanted to ask you so, about. so for those of you who don't know in golf in order to make it fair, like if a good player plays against a not as good player they do what they call a handicap system by which they give you a number and let's say you're a three handicap and you're playing someone who's a seven handicap, then in order to make it fair, it's like it's like a point spread in sports betting. You would give that person four shots. So the lower the handicap, the better you are. 2.8 is pretty good. I've seen Trump swing and I've seen him play. There is no way he is any better than a six or a seven. Okay. No way. Well, he was wearing his traditional red hat while he was golfing, and uh, apparently his ball went into the bushes. Well, and by the way, uh, six or seven, not a bad not a bad golfer. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, but there is no way he is anywhere new, near a two or a two eight or anything like that. No way. Absolutely not. All right. We've got your voicemails coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm 
so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. The phone number, 317-684-8444. It's time to hear from you, your voicemails with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I'd like to point out everything I've eaten today you gave me. <laughs> Seriously? I had crackers, those... Uh, the Belvitas? Yeah, yeah, cookies this morning, and then Casey just threw me a mini Twix. So everything I've consumed today is mm-hmm. thanks to you. Do you know when I... So when I went to visit uh, Rob and his wife and the new baby, I brought him some stuff, and one was the... Uh, uh, chicken street tacos because yeah. I felt like you had just come home from the hospital. We needed to make sure you had food in the fridge. But I also brought that box of Belvita, their breakfast crackers, yeah. cookies, whatever you want to call them. And I did that for me, selfishly, <laughs> because I knew you were going to be up in the middle of the night with the baby. And I was like, you know what? I have to at least make sure that he has eaten something in the morning before I have to work with him for three hours. Mm-hmm. I didn't want you getting hangry. Yeah, thank you. Well, so, I was up till about... That was all uh, for my benefit. I was up till about, I will say, I think probably three last night. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with Matt Bear about this in the hall, that... Uh, my child has recognized, we talked about how my child lost control over me when I figured out how to effectively and efficiently change the diaper, <laughs> but it has now figured out, and if you want to think that, you know, remember in Jurassic Park where they're like, they're learning, mm-hmm. my baby has figured out a new way to exact control over me, and that is <laughs> that if she decides to be awake at 2.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. she now recognizes that you one of us be will awake. be uh awake at 2.30 in the morning. And last night, that was my job. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did it. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I woke up at about 6.30 to come into work mm-hmm. and uh, recognized I'm really hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing my co-host brought me this box of breakfast crackers. So everything I've consumed today, Casey, mm-hmm. uh, has been thanks to you. You're so welcome. thank you for keeping me alive. I love it that Olivia wakes up in the middle of the night when it's party time yeah. for her. Hey, 4.30 in the afternoon, out like a light. Uh-huh. 4.30 a.m., yep. let's go, Absolutely. Dad. My, I, and my wife, last time I just looks at me and she goes, why is she doing this? Because <laughs> she's a baby. She's a baby. <laughs> she's an evil, maniacal baby. No, eventually <laughs> she'll start sleeping through the night. And then you'll wake up on your own to make sure she <laughs> She's still. I, well, I already do that. I, did you do this with your kid where you're like, okay, so I got her back, a fetter, she's fine, I lay her down, she's clearly going to sleep. And yet then I just sit there and watch her. Mm hmm. You're yeah. like, why am I doing this? So I was up till probably because you're a new parent, three thirty or something in the morning, and yeah. I'm just sitting there like, this is stupid. Do you have a baby monitor? Are you listening? Are you no, she's watching? She's right next to me. Oh, what do you mean a monitor? She's in the bassinet. I am the monitor. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> well, you'll get the monitor maybe, and then you'll listen all night long. Mm-hmm. See, this is what's interesting too is like when the week started. I told you on Saturday, my wife was like, "You've got to start getting back into a sleep pattern." I'll watch her at night. I got this no problem because you've got to go to work. Right. And now it has somehow turned out, even though I have to go back to work. She's still nudging you. It's well, your I, turn. Yeah. I was like, what? I thought I had to go back to work. <laughs> uh, nothing's, nothing is more important than your child. Uh, absolutely. I agree. Uh, okay. So obviously the big story the last couple days, yesterday, today, this proposal by Jefferson Shreve. Mm-hmm. Again, 
let's let me clarify. There's a lot of things in his public safety proposal that are good, that are markedly better than what Joe Hogsett has, that would make the city safer. However, for some reason, I have no idea why. I'm sure he listened to the wrong person or did polling or whatever. He has completely alienated a huge swath of Marion County Republican voters based on adopting Joe Hogsett's Let's call it, Casey. It's a ridiculous, illegal plan Mm -hmm. to try to enforce gun restrictions and gun control, and people are beside themselves. Here's one of those people. Let's talk about Jefferson Shreve for a minute. Well, Mr. Shreve decided to agree with Mr. Hogshead on all his plans, and now I hear further report the fact he wants to present to the state legislature a plan that would allow various uh, communities as well as counties to go ahead and be exempted from their rules. And so much for your NRA approval. I don't think we're going to approve of that. So much for people that have guns legally and are using them legally and are responsible. I guess we can throw them out. And let's be fair about it. That means that uh, you have uh, 90 counties in the state that will be uh, supporting uh, the idea of the legislature and two counties that won't. And you got to include Monroe County. There are a bunch of liberals down there, as well as Marion County. So, uh, way to go, uh, Mr. Shreve. Uh, may I suggest something? With us uh, jumping ship from supporting you, maybe you can have your next big campaign rally at Wendy's. <laughs> okay. So, look, look and, 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 we're going to get to this with the next phone call. Some people were like, why isn't Rob throwing a fit yesterday? Mm-hmm. And I had was given a heads up, I'm not going to say by who, that this thing was coming out. And they had, the person called and was very nice and said, uh, by the way, if you ever doubt the power of the show, I mean, they there was a heads up given and yeah. it's not necessarily going to be something you're going to like. And I said, well, look, I'm going to withhold judgment on it because, again, I am not naive enough to think that a Donald Trump Republican is going to win in Marion County. So I was open to something that while I may not agree with it, if I can get 80% better, I'm going to take it. And it's what we long talked about Abdul. People said, well, how can you support Abdul and blah, blah, blah? Because Abdul would be 80% better than what we have now and what we have now stinks. I did not envision it being, and I was still digesting it all at the time, it being the Joe Hogsett plan to that just ridiculous plan to grab on guns and mm-hmm. these illegal. 2.0. I mean, it's just it was I have no idea why he did that. You, there's a million different ways. If you wanted to have something that sounded like I'm being tough on guns that you could have done. I mean, you just ceded all ground to Joe Hogsett. Mm-hmm. And the campaign should be about how Joe Hogsett is not working for Marion County. And now you've just given that. I mean, it was just the worst thing he could have done. I just I just have no idea why he did that. Now, you commented the power of this program. So it was a week ago. You were still on paternity leave. Yeah. But, um, you know, we put it out there because he had just released a 4th of July video online. And it was very nice and pleasant and parade. And... I had said, no, we want to know what your public safety plan is. We want to see you on camera. We want to see you telling what what your plan is. What's your action? And he did that. He went on camera to announce his public safety plan. So there's the power of this program. But the comments coming in are not good for him. I mean, they're say, people are saying things like he's done. It was a long shot to begin with. But now with the gun grab, he's done. Um I think he just won the election for Boss Hogsett. Won't get my vote. I'll write in Abdul. So disappointed. 
It's also illegal under current state laws. He just lost the election. Uh, too bad. You know, I mean, it's it's been not received well. And this happens so many times in elected office. And it's in many ways, it's the... It's exact. So we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about those backstabbers up in Fishers in the Hamilton Southeastern School Board, these supposed conservatives who got elected, who first year in office, they put this tax referendum back on the ballot. And, you know, I heard from a lot of the people, the excuse was, well, you know, we got to play the long game here and we don't want to totally like alienate everybody. And if we just got the referendum, then it'll make people really mad. And it's like, you didn't run on that. You ran on being a conservative mm-hmm. and you won. You ran on being a Republican, which maybe this is why they're doing it. Maybe it makes them the perfect Republican. But the point is you ran on the idea of we what is here now is not working. Like I always am, I'm amazed by this because I am the one person I know, Casey, who did exactly what I told people I was going to do because I did not care. And I always looked at it as. Because I ought to go in these meetings and, well, you're going to get voted out. Well, I'm not running again, so it doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. I ran with a set of ideas. The other guy had a different set of ideas. I overwhelmingly won. Clearly, the people wanted what I proposed or they would have voted against me. So why would I do the opposite of what I told everybody I was going to do? But yet these people get so into polling or data groups or focus groups or, oh, my gosh, but the people in Fishers might be really mad at us if we actually do what we said we were going to do. And they just cave to this imaginary pressure that doesn't exist. The pressure usually comes from people who aren't going to vote for you anyway. They didn't vote for you the last time. And this is the thing with Jefferson Shreve. There was no, you didn't have to do this. You could have had the same public safety proposal that you had and eliminate the thing with the guns and conservatives. Right now, we would be talking about, oh my gosh, what a great proposal. He came out with a plan. Exactly. It's yeah. great. It's awesome. It's wonderful. It does mm-hmm. all the things we think it needs to do because the rest of the stuff is pretty good. But this is so bad mm-hmm. that you can't separate it. You Like, I, w- I was searching yesterday. I thought, you know, I'm going to, let, let's play this next phone call because I was on off the rails with Hammer and, and this person called about my lack of traditional off-the-rails response to this. Okay. Hey, Rob. It's an old friend here. Um, I'm listening to Hammer and Nigel, you know, wanting you to go off the rails. I'm happy you had that baby, <laughs> but it seems like you lost your little edge, you know, ring, 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 like you used to be, and, you know, a lot of us miss that. Well, I feel like you still get it here. Yeah. In this case, with the Shreve gun plan it had just come out when when we were doing off the rails mm-hmm. i was still trying to digest and understand have i missed something because i was given the courtesy to know this was coming out and i did want to see is there a way you can square this with this guy being 80 percent better if it is indeed the standard we're going by with and, the exception of this thing. But this thing is so bad. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is I'm just going to be the same as the guy who's running. And it also what it also tells me, Casey, is Shreve is not serious about running the sort of campaign he needs to run to in win. order to win, which is you have to burn Joe Hogsett and the Marion County Democrat Party and Ryan Mears and the rest of these people to the ground, which means you got to be saying where Joe Hogsett was during well, the ride. He's he not going to do it. He's when he was it. here in the studio, we tried to get him in that direction. We asked him, and he did not seem yeah. like he wanted to go there. So Yeah, and so that, that's why yesterday I was not going crazy, kind of like I did. I didn't even go crazy earlier. I think it was a pretty measured response. 
He did himself a huge disservice. He alienated a whole bunch of people. He didn't win anybody yesterday with that. And the worst part about it is he had a pretty good plan that would have won him support had he just left the stuff with the guns out of it. Uh, speaking of this, Hammer is not here today, but mm-hmm. he definitely wanted to weigh in on this. So yeah. we're going to call Hammer and have him on when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday, mayoral candidate for Indianapolis, Jefferson Shreve, released a public safety proposal. In it, he called for hiring a public safety director. He called for increased recruitment of IMPD officers. He called for tackling violent crime and addressing root causes of crime. All sounds good. But the problem is he also called for stricter gun control. It is 1049. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Uh, Hammer is off today, but uh, he felt strongly enough about Mm -hmm. this that he's going to join us by phone now on the drivehubler.com hotline. And Hammer, I was on with you yesterday and off the rails shortly after the news of the plan broke. You have have actually made national news now. I saw Axios had a big piece. You are the uh, voice of a generation. You're the voice of reason on this. You are the conservative voice. You say say, uh, Shreve is done. Tell us more. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, America's Next Top Model. But a number of years ago, Tyra Banks, the host of that program, went viral by snapping and yelling at one of the potential models by saying, quote, shut up. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. And this is where I'm at with Jefferson Shreve. Trust me. There is nobody in this city that wants Joe Hogsett to go away more than I do. This guy has been a loser since he's been in office. He's been missing in action quite a bit. Um, The crime, when you look at the homicide records in the long-storied history of Indianapolis, Joe Hogsett's name is right there when he was uh, in charge of this city. He abandoned the city when it was burning and being looted. This guy is a disaster. But imagine being so dumb to not use any of that information and to say the problem is people like us, law-abiding citizens who just want to conceal carry their firearm to protect their families. Yeah, according to Jefferson Shreve is the problem. And that's what makes me so angry, Rob, because Hogsett's vulnerable. Hogsett's beatable. His poll numbers are bad. A lot of Democrats don't even like Joe Hogsett. So instead, instead of Jefferson Shreve coming out saying, listen, my opponent's got a plan that's never going to pass the state house. He might as well be promising free unicorns. I'm going to be the candidate that's going to have realistic ways to make the city safe. No, he didn't do that. His team of losers running his campaign didn't do that. They doubled down on it and said, we're going to give you two unicorns. These are the morons that we're dealing with. Yeah, and I think the biggest problem on this, too, is now nobody's talking about the things that are in the plan that were actually pretty good. And you can't talk about it because this thing is so bad. He's got the public safety director in there, which is great. There's a lot of ideas he had that are really good. But it's like, how did this stupid, ridiculous thing get lumped in with everything else that if you just stayed with everything else we would be as you said cheerleading today what a what a great plan this guy has i can't believe i'm in a position right now to where i'm probably not going to vote in the mayor's race this year because i sure as hell i'm not going to vote for joe hogstead and at this point 
can I trust Jefferson Shreve? No. He's turned out to be a total phony. He turned out to be a fraud. If you were going to be, you know, anti-gun guy, you should have let people know that before. But you didn't do that. You saw a plan. And again, I can't stress this enough. That's never ever, ever, ever going to become a law in the state of Indiana because of the supermajority of Republicans at the Indiana State House. And you said, well, by God, that's a fine idea. Are you kidding me? I mean, think of all the things that you could go after Joe Hogsett for. Hogsett's biggest weakness is he's bad on crime. And this was a Hail Mary from Joe. He knows this isn't going to become the law, so he throws this Hail Mary. I'm going to see if we can do this if the law changes. Well, no, that's not going to happen. And Shreve left him off the hook with that and doubles down on it. Yeah, and you've got a guy, you've got a guy with infinite money in Shreve who could run whatever ads he wants. And why would you not run an ad? Everybody, everybody knows where Joe Hogsett was during the riots. Everybody knows why he let the city burn. Why would you not just burn that guy to the ground with your infinite money and you would own him on that and instead you gave it away by agreeing with him on this gun proposal? And stop with the root causes stuff, okay? That's not a, something that's going to win you a campaign. If you want to look into that, that's fine. Do that. But campaigning on that is just word salad for dumb people. If you really want to affect crime in Indianapolis, and I've talked about this before, everybody always complains, well, what's your plan? It's really not that complicated. The mayor has to work with the prosecutor. They have to be lockstep. They have to be on the same page. You have to be willing to let some of the victimless crime folks go, slap bracelets on them, but lock up violent, repeat offenders. There's no reason some of these people should be out on the streets with an ankle monitor. If you're just tougher on violent repeat offenders, you will see an amazing uh, turnaround in terms of the homicides and violent crimes in Indianapolis. It's not that hard of a concept, but we want to focus on law-abiding citizens like us. So, Hammer, I don't know if you saw the op-ed that was in Indy Star, but it was surprising because at the very end it said people are realizing that this isn't just a gun issue, and they were talking about Broad, Rep- Broad Ripple specifically. And they said uh, making arrests more often for trespassing, public intoxication, and disorderly conduct, and making sure the prosecutor actually prosecutes and doesn't dismiss these minor cases. So even the op-ed in Indy Star is saying this isn't even just about the violent repeat offenders it's about some of the smaller offenders as well that is contributing to all of the crime that is running rampant in indianapolis i get when people say well you can't lock up everybody indianapolis is a big city i understand that you can't lock up everybody but you can't let some of these animals out on the streets look at this guy that just killed the sheriff's deputy okay before that murder Can you tell me that the justice system did the uh, family of the woman killed in front of the daycare center justice? No. He beat that woman when she was pregnant in front of children before. He then violated his order and broke into her house. He served one day in jail. How was that justice? These are the things that Sharif should be focusing on instead of making people like me and you the problem. Jason Hammer, thank you for joining us on your day off, my friend. We appreciate you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.